Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. I'm going to be ministering today on a message of seven keys to hearing the voice of God. And the reason I want to do that is because right now uh, we live in perilous times. The Bible teaches us that. That's not being negative. That's just what the Bible says. In the last days, perilous times will come. But God wants you and I to be more than conquerors. Amen. He has raised us up to be the head and not the tail. That promise still remains. It's not going away. Jesus said, occupy until I come. And Jesus is coming soon. So we need to be ready, and one of the ways to be ready is hearing the voice of God. Amen. Uh, And so, uh, obviously, Bible prophecy uh, is one of the headlines of what God is doing in the last days. He's fulfilling Bible prophecy. And uh, uh, right before our eyes, we're seeing things we thought would never happen. It can only be demonic forces at work to see what we're seeing happen in America and around the world. Uh, But Jesus taught us something in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. He said, when you see these things happen, and they are happening, stand up and look up. Because your redemption, your salvation is near. Amen. So there's good news for the believer and not so good news for those that haven't believed yet. But these things that have begun to happen and it's unfolding rapidly, uh, they're called messianic birth pangs. And... Birth pangs are a signal, a sign that something's about to be birthed. And in a Bible sense, birth pangs are a sign that the end of this age is coming close. And the messianic era, that thousand year reign of Christ, when the world is under one world government, one world government of the Messiah, That's all about to unfold right now. That's what these birth pangs that we're seeing. Uh, And so uh, the devil is counterfeiting some things, right? He's trying to counterfeit one world government. uh, Because when Jesus comes, there's going to be one world government, and he is going to be the king of kings on the throne of glory, ruling and reigning, and you and I are going to be with him. But in the meantime, something's being birthed, and part of what's being birthed is God's master plan for end-time redemption. Jesus talked about the end times. The disciples came to him and said, Jesus, uh, how are we going to know when the end is here? And in Matthew 24, he goes through a lengthy list of things. 
And I want to draw to your attention in Matthew 24, verse 6, what he says. He says, you're going to hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Turn and tell somebody, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There's a revelation. What's the different nations and kingdoms? We'll get to that. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all of this is only the first of the birth pangs with more to come. Now, if you go into your Amplified Bible, who's ever heard of an Amplified Bible? Good translation. Birth pangs are talked about as a time of intolerable anguish and the time of unprecedented trouble. Perilous times. But don't panic. Turn and tell somebody. Don't panic. The Passion Translation says there'll be terrible earthquakes, horrible epidemics, and famine in place after place. Not just food famine. There's a famine of the Word of God in the world today. So birth pangs are one of the signs of God, just like the shofar. Both birth pangs and the shofar are used as an alarm clock to wake us up about what's about to be birthed. Next week, we begin the month of Elul on God's calendar. Did you know God had a calendar? Not Valentine's Day and Halloween aren't on the calendar. But Elul is. Rosh Hashanah is. Yom Kippur is. Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot is. That's his calendar. And now we are privileged to be able to get back to understanding Bible calendar dates and not just uh, Flag Day. Although, God bless the flag. But when Elul begins on August 9th, there's going to be 40 days of the shofar. And the shofar will be sounding daily. And it's a shadow of the birth pangs. Every day something's happening on God's calendar. And it's serving as a countdown to the rapture. It's a shadow of the countdown to the rapture. And the closer we get to the rapture, the more intense and more frequent the birth pangs will become. We're seeing that right now in America, aren't we? Even around the world. Our society is radically changing, rapidly changing, isn't it? All of a sudden, we're seeing this huge wave of new values, new ethics, new morals, new beliefs, official policies that we've never heard of before and nobody ever voted on it that are being imposed on our society and on the church. And the people that are pushing this stuff, they don't want the messianic era to be birthed. They're an organized cabal, a cartel, 
of secular elitist antichrist followers that are conspiring to disrupt God's plan and disrupt God's people from living in God's plan. Am I talking to somebody? Are you with me? So when Jesus says nation will rise against nation and kingdom will rise against kingdom, he's talking these kingdoms, he's talking about foundations of power. Centers of control. Global corporate entities that have no loyalty to anybody. And they are conspiring. I read an article in Time Magazine recently. This uh, uh, writer wrote about how a cabal, a cartel of global secular humanist elitists all got together and plotted a lot of things of what we're experiencing right now. In Time Magazine. Not exactly Christian friendly. What's their goal? Their goal is one world government. They're wanting to force anti-Bible decisions on the rest of us. And they're driven to strip the world from its Judeo-Christian foundation and replace it with something ungodly, demonic. They're anti-Christ. They're anti-church. They're anti-Bible, they're anti-Semitic, they're anti-law and order, and we could go on and on and on. You could boil it all down to a spirit of lawlessness. And Jesus warns us about this in Matthew 24. And when you look closely, lawlessness is Biblelessness. Lawlessness is Biblelessness. Okay, It's a society stripped of Bible values and godly aspirations. And what's going to happen is the hearts of many, Jesus said, will grow cold. Cold as ice. I don't care anything about anybody but me. Cold. And we're seeing how this new wave of policies, this new wave of ethics and morals is pitting people against people. Hate crimes are skyrocketing. Teaching racism under the deceptive guise of unity is happening from first to 12th grade into college. Corporations are teaching people to hate one another because the devil's goal is what? Divide? And conquer. A kingdom divided. Just things like common sense and civility are disappearing. The hearts of people are growing cold. Let not that be what happens in the church. You and I have to pledge and redouble our efforts that we are going to love one another. We are going to support one another. We aren't going to take a racial check uh, to find out if we're going to love somebody. I don't need the government to tell me who to love and who to hate. I have the Bible that tells me who to love and what to hate. Love God, love people, and hate sin. So the, what's the end game? The end game is to replace one nation under God. I rather like one nation under God. 
Anybody with me? Tell the TV audience and anybody listening that you like one nation under God. Give God a big hand clap. One nation under God. But the end game is to replace that with one nation under government. God can't be in control. Man and the state have to be in control. And if you dare uh, uh, disagree with that, we will cancel you, silence you, and come knocking on your door for you. I thank God uh, the Lord is my supreme authority. And the Bible is my supreme authority. We will not bow down, bend down, back down, slow down to the devil and his crowd. So why the level of chaos and disorder? It could only be that powers and principalities are behind this. Man isn't smart enough to coordinate this on a worldwide scale. It's got to be demonic forces, powers and principalities. That's a sign you know the end is near. But at the same time, God allows it to happen. It's part of what he foretold. And he's allowing it to happen because when the line gets drawn in the sand, who's on the Lord's side and who's on the Antichrist side? It's going to be a lot more plain and simple as the days and weeks roll on. And that way there'll be no excuses if you join the wrong crowd. Be no excuses. You couldn't tell. That that's bad? Where are you getting your information? The beauty of being part of New Beginnings in this church family is that you're part of something very special. Okay? Because our goals and activities as leaders are focused on preparing the world for the coming of the Messiah. Pretty important priority, wouldn't you say? What did you do when you went to church? I was helping prepare the world for the coming of the Lord. What did your church do? And for all you church leaders out there, you need to equip and train your people to do the work of the Lord, to stand for the things of God, even in the face of perilous times. But what about this other group? They've just come out of the shadows, haven't they? Bam, here they are. We're living one nation under God kind of life. Pretty good life. And all of a sudden, right out of the shadows, they came out of the closet to prepare the world, not for the coming of the Messiah, but to prepare the world for the coming of the Antichrist. And this is where the birth pangs happen. They increase. They happen, and it's just coming fast and furious. It's relentless. Every day there seems to be a new demonic revelation that's proving my point. The Bible teaches in the last days it's going to be like the days of Noah. It's going to be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And what it's all building towards is for the Antichrist to be revealed. And then at that point, this is where the world is in what's known as the seven-year tribulation. Let me uh, point out to you something in 2 Thessalonians. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, 
Paul is telling us, don't be fooled by what they say. Don't be fooled by what they say. Come on, somebody. For that day, judgment day, will not come until there is a great rebellion against God. We're seeing that. And the man of lawlessness will then be revealed, the one who brings destruction. That day is going to come sooner than you think. All right? So we need to understand how to overcome the deceit of the devil. We need to understand how to overcome doctrines of demons, as the Bible puts it. And so when... The disciples are with Jesus and he gives them a training session. You know, you're in training right now. You're part of the army of God and God wants to train you so you can reign with him. Training for reigning. But they asked the Lord about the signs of his return and the very first thing Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. Don't let anyone deceive you. Meaning that deception is at the top of the list. And deception is always the first choice of the devil. He started it in the Garden of Eden. And the devil is devious and he's shrewd and he is manipulative. Deception is when something happens to cause someone to believe something as true even though it's false. And this is what allows powers and principalities to scheme. And people under their demonic influence in these centers of power are moving in for the kill. But you and I are not going to be part of the kill. We are going to be part of those that overcome, walk in victory, walk by faith, walk in the anointing and power of God. Being deceived means you don't even realize you're being played. And this is the devil's scheme. The Bible says that he will masquerade himself as an angel of light. 2 Corinthians 11.14 You know, one of the shows on television I like to watch is the TV series American Greed. And it focuses on cases of financial deception, Ponzi schemes, embezzlement, and other kinds of fraud. And the perpetrators uh, intentionally mislead good people for their own benefit. And the good people are left wondering, what the heck happened out there? Unfortunately, the victims are usually so caught up into their own world and their own wants and their own desires, they overlook the warnings. They don't hear the shofar. They don't recognize the birth pangs. They're just living their life like in the days of Noah. And Noah's saying, there's something coming. And if you want to be spared from all of that, you better get right with God or you're going to get left behind. And let me just say this, Noah didn't swim into the ark. He wasn't up to his eyeballs. Come on! 
No, he got into the ark as the rain began, right? And that's symbolic of the rapture. You and I are going to be spared a lot of the wrath of God and the judgment of God because we're living by faith, walking by faith, obeying the things of God. Amen? So Satan not only wants to use deception to destroy people's lives, he'll use it to destroy nations. And so we're seeing this. Everything that we used to consider normal, overturned, being replaced. And everything's being redefined. Unrighteous behavior is being reimagined. We're sanctifying sinfulness. And the Bible describes that in the end times, there's going to be a spirit of delusion that takes over the whole world. People are going to be led astray, wander off course, and uh, then when the devil who is as a roaring lion goes about seeking whom he may devour, the one that's just kind of out there, don't be that guy. Second Thessalonians two nine. Turn with me to Second Thessalonians two nine. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. Counterfeit. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. There's a way that seems right to people, but the end of it doesn't end like you thought. Why? Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived, and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Think on that for a while, right? God doesn't want you swept away in deception. He's got good plans for you. You have a destiny, a purpose. But it'll only be realized when you make His priorities your priorities. Is that my grandson? Hi, grandson. I love you. He hears his Saba. Here's the deal. Even within the church, unsuspecting people are going to get swept away. How do I know that? Because Paul told Timothy that in 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. There's a time coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. What people? Church people. They will follow their own desires. They're being self-deceived. And they're going to look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want them to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. And a lot of that happens because of cultural deception. 
The society as a whole is taking on these new norms, these new values, and people are being criticized and punished if they don't play along. And so rather than uh, follow God, they follow these new norms. David Barton, who was here with us a few weeks ago, told us about a survey that he and George Barna had done. You might recall this. He did a, they did a survey of 300,000 churches and found that just 3% of the 300,000 actually believed the Bible and obeyed the Bible. 9,000 out of 300,000. God didn't give us the Bible so we could reimagine it to fit our desires. He he doesn't want us to come up with new cultural standards that are permissible. We're here to learn how to conform to Him and to His will. So as all of this unfolds, it becomes vital that we stay connected with the Word of God, right? And this is how we know the voice of God. You can't know the voice of God without knowing the Word of God. Okay? And if if you don't know the Word of God, you can't know the will of God. What's the will of God for my life? Here it is. And this is what prevents you from succumbing to the spirit of deception. In our Sunday morning Torah study, we've just covered the greatest prayer in our uh, Jewish part of our Judeo-Christian history. It's called the Shema. Shema Israel! Both Moses and Jesus called this the greatest of all commandments. And we don't have time to turn there, but it's in Deuteronomy 6 and Mark 29, uh, 12, 29. Both Moses and Jesus speak the Shema. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ikad. Hear, O Israel! And what does Shema mean? Listen, Israel. Hear what I'm telling you, Israel. Greatest of all commandments. It's used 92 times in just the book of Deuteronomy. And this is just before Israel goes into the promised land. The reason they can go into the land of promise and experience the promises of God is because they're listening up. Listen! And what's so powerful is that this word Shema, listen or hear, if you go into the Strong's Concordance, the, the big reference book that tells you what all the words mean, in Hebrew and in Greek, you'll find the word Shema listed under the word obey. Shema Israel, obey Israel, listen Israel, listen and obey. So God is showing us there's a connection between hearing and obeying. How many of you believe today it's Not just hearing the Word of God, but obeying it. That's important. Do you agree with that? I need to obey. 
My little grandson is just, uh, you know, over a year old and obeying. Just, we got to tap the brakes on saying no. How can we say no a different way? (laughs) Now watch how this works, though. If you go into the expanded definition of the Shema, it means to hear intelligently. When did Christians stop believing you needed to be intelligent? Hear intelligently. Hear with wisdom and knowledge and revelation. Pay attention. Discern. Give ear to. Perceive. Understand. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O new beginnings. Listen intelligently. Pay attention. Discern. Give ear to perceive, understand. God is saying, hear what I am saying intelligently. With discernment. With perception. So you will understand the covenant relationship you've entered into. So you'll better understand how to serve the Lord. So you'll understand how to apply the laws and commandments and principles and guidelines of God. There's a thousand and one lessons to learn. And that's where people check out. You mean there's something I have to do? Yeah. Yeah. Don't be deceived. Now, if you're going to die at 5 o'clock, there's not much left to do. But if you're going to live, if the Lord tarries and you've got 25 more years on your countdown clock, you better get busy and start doing something for the Lord. Right? And so we need to learn how to hear intelligently or you'll miss out on God's will. And you just can't listen to your heart. I read it on a pencil. Unless your heart is saturated with the B-I-B-L-E, you can be deceived. You could mistakenly be living based on your own feelings and, and opinions and philosophies. That's why a lot of times people get tripped up. Romans 10.17 says, Faith proceeds from hearing as we listen to the message about God's anointed, and that's out of uh, the voice. I don't know what it says or if it says anything behind me. But Jesus said, my sheep, listen to my voice. John 10, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. That's us. And so his voice is first and foremost his word. It's a living word, isn't it? This is our foundation for success in life, even if we're in perilous times. Even though the birth pangs are happening, God's plan and will and purpose means that you walk above all of that. And where will the devil be as you're walking above all of that? Under your feet. 
That's where the devil belongs, under your feet. Look under your feet right now. That's where you belong, devil. So, I wanted to cover seven keys, seven principles that teach us how to hear and know the voice of God. God's always reaching out to us, right? He's always broadcasting. The big question is, are we shmaying? Shma new beginnings. Listen new beginnings. Listen with intelligence. And this will help you discern whether you're being conned or whether you're following the Lord. It's the difference between what's real and what's counterfeit. So number one, here's the list. Seven keys, seven principles, seven guidelines. The biggest one of all is listen to the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do is right. Biggest key of all. The Bible begins with God speaking. Let there be like, are we listening? And so the question for believers is, are we listening intelligently with discernment? And if we are, we'll rightly divide the word of truth. Amen? Are you with me out there? Number two, listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own but He will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. How many of you relate to that? You know that you have the still, small voice speaking to you. That subconscious voice is speaking to you. Words of wisdom over your life, helping you to make decisions so you turn the right way instead of the wrong way. And if you respond correctly, you're going to walk into the blessing of God. And you're going to walk away from all the perilous things. Why? Because He'll show you things. It's the gift of anticipation. It's the intuitive gift. I just intuitively know that can't be good. That can't be God. Why? Because you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Number three... Listen to the prophetic word. Amen? There's a word of knowledge out there. There's a word of wisdom. There's personal prophecy that God will speak over your life or have someone speak over your life. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 19 says, Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. And hold on to what is good. Hold on to it. For me, it's a white knuckle holding on. God's going to use your pastors. 
your life group leaders, your friends, your prayer partners, even strangers can speak a word of faith and guidance and direction for you. God will always give a word in due season that will help navigate you into the way that He wants you to go. Hallelujah. At the same time, just be in the habit of cross-checking. All right? You want to cross-check some of the things you're hearing with reliable people, quality people, spiritual people, just to make sure Satan, who is that masquerading as the angel of light, isn't trying to trick you. Cross-check. Number four, listen to godly counsel. Shema with godly counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. All right? There's a support system God has set up for you. And a lot of times, we know this as pastors, we usually don't get the questions until, uh, uh, we, we don't get 411 questions, we get 911 questions. <laughs> hey, pastor, do you think that this sounds like God? Do you, should I, da, 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 da. We usually wait to, I gave that guy $5,000. I want my money, help me, pastor, Pray. Well, we'll pray and believe God and <clears throat> that the thief will be exposed and you'll get your money back. But maybe you should have did the 411 call. Who remembers 411 with the rotary phone? You remember rotary phones? Okay. When you ask wise counselors for input, you're on your way to blessing and breakthrough. Amen. Number five, listen for confirmation. God will give uh, uh, confirming signs. Matthew 18, 16 says, If you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. So look for confirming signs. Mark 16.20 says that uh, the Lord worked through them, confirming what they had said by many miraculous signs. Are there signs following you? Be perceptive. Look and listen. Keep your ears on, good buddy. And God will show you that you're headed in the right direction. Number six, listen for the peace of God. The peace, the shalom of God. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. God's peace will guide you. Shema New Beginnings. God's peace is like a referee or an umpire that calls balls and strikes. You're in the zone or you're out of the zone. He'll show you what's right and wrong, and you'll feel a peace about it. 
God's peace is free from all the strife and confusion and chaos. So when you're decision making, if there's lots of strife and confusion and chaos, you probably need to go back to double check, cross check with somebody. I don't have a piece about, and I can't understand why. Help me if you can, pastor, life group leader, prayer partner. If you have a peace, that's a sign. If you don't have peace, that's a sign. Let God's shalom peace be the judge. And if you can't get the peace, tap the brakes. Tap the brakes. Lord, am I missing something here? Amen? Are we okay? Number seven. We'll close with this. Listen for divine timing. Divine timing. Proverbs 3 talks about this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Do not depend on your own understanding. Cross-check your own ideas with the Word of God. Right? Verse 6. Seek His will in all you do. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Okay? Now the Message Bible says it a little different than the New Living. It says, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. So God's delays are not God's denial. Oftentimes, God is working behind the scenes or He's waiting for you to work something out before the manifestation of the promise comes to happen. It's called perfect timing, right? If it's not happening, it may just be it's not perfect timing. And there's something you need to work out in your own life before God releases that into your life. Or it could be God's trying to get something out of your life, some person who's leading you astray. And once that happens, bam, divine timing. So many times the Lord is going to use several of these at the same time. And you need to learn how to use uh, multiple strategies, right? Don't be a one-trick pony. One size may not fit all. All right? And so as you get familiar with these concepts and begin to apply them in your life, all of a sudden, I don't care what birth pangs are out there. I'm not going to panic. I don't care what the devil's crowd is doing. I serve the King of Kings, the Lord of glory. He's coming back soon as a conquering king. And I've been created to win. I am going to win. And no demonic force or man is going to stop me from winning. And that needs to be your attitude. And you can, it's not arrogance, it's confidence. I have confidence. And then when I, okay, well, uh, Pastor, did I overstep my bounds anywhere? 
Did I miss it? You know, and so you apply these things. Do I have the right timing? Am I listening to the right voice to make the right choice? And all of these different things are working together to make you more than a conqueror in these last days. Amen. So God's word is forever settled. His plan for you is to succeed. But success will only truly come when we shma. When we shma. When we listen intelligently. Listen with an ear of faith. Listen with understanding and perception and discernment. And as we do that, nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. So shma new beginnings. Amen. If you receive that... Give the Lord a hand clap. Everyone, stand to your feet. Let me close in prayer. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes for a moment. Pray softly in other tongues. Let the word of the Lord, the Spirit of God, flow out of your spirit right now. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We follow your voice and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. Our steps are ordered by you, and you are leading us beside still waters, laying us down in green pastures. You prepare a table for us even in the presence of our enemies. And you bring us through any shadow of the valley of death into your perfect will, into your perfect place. And no demonic force, no power or principality could ever stop that. Father, we worship you and love you today that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see And in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the word of the living God, we break the power of any deception. If there be any kind of chicanery or trickery happening in God's people, we have that exposed right now, and you'll see it for what it is and walk away from it quickly. In the name of Jesus. We loosen a wisdom, a strength, a power over all of God's people today. Give them the mind of Christ, the peace of God, the discernment to hear intelligently in all things and help them walk into paths of blessing, great blessing in these last days as a testimony of the power and the goodness of an almighty God. We receive that this morning. And give you thanks and praise for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, if you receive that, give the Lord a big praise.